Welcome to Nepal Now. My name is Marty Logan. As we're recording this, there is news that landslides and flooding have battered some of Nepal's hill districts. Our hearts go out to the people who have suffered the loss of lives in their homes. This is a bad sign as the monsoon has just started and will continue for months. Today's episode is also about nature and also concerns the people-environment link. A much more positive story, it is about Devnarayan Mandal's determination to stop the destruction of the forest that loomed over his childhood in the Madesh region. And while that forest is healthier today, what is really remarkable is that the surrounding communities are also prospering and that Mandal and his colleagues at the Mitala Wildlife Trust are receiving requests to branch out to other communities that depend on forests. Pardon the pun. What also makes this story unique, I think, is that most nature news from southern Nepal focuses on the devastation caused by annual monsoon flooding or on endangered tigers or one-horned rhinos. This is a story where local communities are the agents for positive change. And now, here's my chat with Dev Narayan Mandal. Dev Narayan Mandal, welcome to Nepal Now Podcast. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you, Marty, and thank you all the listeners. Can you tell me a little about the environment in the Mithila area where you're working? What does it look like? Uh, Mithila is actually an ancient uh, ruling area of King Janak. And uh, around 60% of ancient Mithila falls under uh, India and 40% in Nepal. So we are from Nepal uh, Mithila portion and uh, uh, Mithila uh, consists of uh, four uh, districts from province number two of Nepal now. 3.7%, uh, around 4% we can tell, 4% uh, forest only falls under province number two. And uh, this is the province which has less natural resources and less, less forest in Nepal. Okay, great. Thank you. And just so I'm clear, Mitala Wildlife Trust is working in four districts of province two, which has the least forest cover of all of Nepal's provinces. Is that right? Yes, uh, but uh, not only in the four districts, though we are uh, founded in Mithila region, we work in all eight districts of province number two, and uh, we started working in 2013. And uh, uh, we started from uh, Parsa National Park in the west to Kositapu Wildlife Reserve in the east. Okay, okay, great. Thanks for the clarification. So I looked at your website uh, briefly and looked at some of your programs and the work you're doing and it includes things like you would expect from an organization whose name is Wildlife Trust. So there's work on bird diversity and freshwater turtle conservation. But at the same time, what I find really interesting is how the organization is working with local people. And I'm wondering, when you began in 2013, did you plan to be doing so much work with people as opposed to the flora and fauna or how did that come about was it part of your mission from the beginning 
I was uh, studying and after a study, uh, I started working in India. Uh, I shifted uh, India in 2004 and uh, when I came back on leave in 2012, I decided to uh, work for my own motherland. That time, uh, I had personally decided to work only on the two motives. First one was mitigating snake bite mortality rate in uh, Nepal, because no one was there to work for the mitigation of snake bite mortality rate. And as I was personally involved in snake rescue and snake, snake bite mitigation initiatives in India, uh, this was the first thing I uh, came in my mind to start with. And second one was uh, to work on Dhanushadham Protection Forest, which is the only forest patch remaining in Tarai region of Nepal, uh, fully isolated and no connectivity with uh, other forests. So with those two motives, later uh, while uh, working with the community, because I, ha I had to go to each and every village, every community for rescue of the snake, I got connected with the local people and uh, while working with them, not only the snake, whatever wildlife they were citing, they were directly calling me because we were the only um, name to remember for wildlife rescue treatment or rehabilitation. So because of uh, the community's initiation and their faith that not only for the snake, all the wildlife uh, can be handled uh, by Mithila Wildlife Trust. And um, uh, till today, Mithila Wildlife Trust is the only organization working on uh, wildlife conservation in province number two. When you came back to Nepal from India and you saw the forest, I mean, can you describe it? What made you want to work hard to conserve it? What was it about the forest that concerned you, uh, that alarmed you? I had played and spent my childhood in the forest, Dhanushadam Protection Forest. And it was so dense that in, when I was in class 10th, along with five other friends, we six couldn't enter in the forest. Um, means uh, because of the density, we were very uh, fear, uh, fear to enter inside the forest. When I came back to Nepal in 2012, when I uh, entered to the forest, I saw, I could uh, see for, uh, for, uh, that other part of the forest, other side of the forest is standing from north. So north to south, east to west, forest was uh, fully visible, uh, which uh, made me like uh, crying because uh, uh, I re recalled my childhood memory, uh, the overgrazing, the uh, illegal felling of the tree and uh, forest fire, community made fire, and then illegal uh, and unmanaged uh, sand collection for the, uh, from the forest, encroachment from all around. So this all made me to come back and start working for the Saddam Protection Forest. First one and a half year, I, I spent to study uh, all these uh, things uh, minutely. 
my home is only seven kilometer far from the forest but um, then also i was going to home after three months staying inside the forest to understand everything because of my study and uh, the observation uh, the time i started spending with the surrounding community and uh, because i was uh, going to rescue snakes uh, from their home also the snake rescue was uh, connecting me uh, emotionally with the community and uh, that helped me to make a uh, platform where i can gather the community and uh, uh, can uh, uh, tell something and community will listen me seriously because I was the only person to rescue snakes, so they had to actually uh, listen my uh, voice. And uh, I found that only 2.93%, uh, merely 3% people were taking financial benefit from the forest, uh, felling down the trees, selling them in illegal timber market, and uh, uh, some encroaching land and uh, for the farm field and uh, some politicians uh, taking financial benefit through those uh, timber mafias. So I did a survey and with all that survey data, I started sitting with the community and uh, I conducted uh, more than 200 community interaction programs. So I started with the old age people, uh, uh, because of their emotion linked with the forest. Uh, the first question I was asking was, uh, what, what was your experience with this forest uh, 20 years back and how it raised to this place? Uh, and uh, uh, starting from there and uh, linking through the study and the data I had collected uh, sitting in the forest. At the end, um, I, um, I was showing them the hope that if we are cutting down the trees, we are the last generation to get financial benefit from this forest. But if we are um, protecting this forest or if we will be successful to protect this forest, um, generations can benefit from this forest. There are nine uh, a small, a small human settlements uh, surrounding the forest. And uh, throughout all those nine uh, villages, the settlements, I conducted all these follow-up community uh, interaction meetings. So this all took around three years. And after three years, when those 97% were not getting financial benefit, thinking that this is government's property and this is their responsibility, which they are uh, not uh, taking seriously. So when those 97% people started coming to the office of uh, Dhamsadham Protected Forest, the rest 3% were taking financial benefit are completely lost. Even um, uh, after that, till today, we... Uh, never saw those 3% people entering to the forest or coming to the office to check whether they can uh, cut down the trees because all their neighbor, neighbor, neighbors and uh, uh, even their children studying in the schools were fully convinced that they need to protect this forest. So all those uh, illegal mindsets uh, 
changed slowly or they didn't they don't get chance to enter in the forest now wow that's a incredible amount of time you invested to bring about this change 3 years you talked to people to convince them why they needed to keep the forest that's a long long time you know i would think that people would maybe use the forest they would go in once in a while and take some wood but there must be more to it than that the forest must be useful to them or benefiting them in other ways than just you know wood to burn so what what is it what is their attachment and their need for this forest that made it able made you able to convince them uh the first thing i started to convince was related to climate change and the systematic change in the weather pattern and their farming pattern then their day to day needs so i started from there they have seen everything changing day by day they had planted a mango tree for example and Um, uh, 10 years back the taste of the mango uh, the mango fruit and the taste of same uh, mango on the same tree uh, today is entirely different so that all emotions they have linked with uh, uh, this climate change i started from there i related every example with uh, their day to day activities and then uh, i uh, prepared a master plan for that forest that uh, in future uh, while protecting the forest i also convinced them that if we join together we can develop this forest as an ecotourism hotspot and uh, that ecotourism was the second uh, hitting point for them because every one is known about person uh, sorry uh, chitwan national park and most of the politicians go to sauraha the chitwan national park and see the changes uh, there the financial transactions the financial benefits the community is taking in sauraha and chitwan so uh, that was another point to convince uh, local community another major uh, point was drinking water because uh, water is sinking day by day hand pumps are uh, dried up uh, each and every village uh, has a drinking water scarcity in tarai um, so uh, that is also related to the uh, illegal uh, felling of the tree the encroachment of the forest so through all these uh, uh, practical experiences uh, i started convincing them and they agreed all that because they have also ex- experienced and they are experiencing but uh, they needed one platform where they can express their grievances and they can uh, link through uh, the changes so that is the platform i tried to create at hamsadam protected forest where they all gather together uh, once in a month and uh, discuss everything and uh, that is how they were slowly convinced and so you you worked really hard to as they say get the communities on board 
and they they accepted what you were saying and they they really bought into this they wanted to be part of it then how practically did you encourage the participation and how did you organize it so people could directly participate in this work so during this process we initiated this forest to be announced as protection forest and uh, protection forest is actually a middle uh, where we can tell between national forest and community forest in national forest full ownership uh, and management is with department of forest in community forest full ownership and management is to the local community so here we uh, tried for middle way uh, where community and government both are equally uh, responsible so uh, according to the rules and regulations of protection forest in nepal uh, the local community has to have their rep representative in management committee and uh, that committee was formed including 31 members from surrounding communities and out of uh, those 31 members which is named as dhamsadham protected forest management council mm -hmm. and uh, out of that 30, 31 members in the council, 11 are executive members. So uh, those 11 members have, have to sit down together once in a month. Uh, every quarter meeting is there, including those 31 members. So we are directly connected with 31 members in, on quarterly basis with 11 members, 11 representatives on monthly basis. And moreover, uh, because the farm field uh, of those nine settlements are surrounding the forest, they spend whole day in their farm field uh, and uh, they keep watching whole day. They keep track of the movement or the activities inside the forest for whole day. And if there is something illegal, they directly call me or department of forest. So uh, suppose if someone is entering to the forest now, within five minutes, either me or department of forest will get the information. So that is how we are directly connected uh, with the community. Okay, so it really is, like the name says, it really is a protection forest, right? There are people there watching over it all the time. Yes. I wanted to ask you also, so this work was going on and then like everything else, uh, you were affected by COVID-19. And how has your work adjusted to assist the local communities around the forest during COVID-19? So many organizations joined uh, together with People Tree and they collected uh, 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 funds online. And uh, through that funds, uh, we uh, were uh, we had distributed food relief materials to around 4,500 households last year. And this year uh, also, we have already distributed food items to around 2,600. Uh, forest dependent uh, families and daily visitors. At the same time, uh, through People Tree, Gemma and Chris MacGog Charitable Foundation supported us. Uh, plantation 
and restoration project of uh, Sivalik Chure forest. Um, this is the forest uh, where we had gone to distribute food relief materials last year. And while uh, went with the food relief materials, they all started requesting us, sir, we don't need uh, food materials as relief. If you can please support us restoring, restoring this forest, we'll get work and you pay for that work. And uh, this will uh, save our dignity. At the same time, uh, this uh, river bank will also be restored inside Chure region. So that is how we started reforestation project last year. And last year we had planted in 16 hectares. This year we are uh, again now planting in further 16 hectares and uh, then another uh, 12 hectares. So this is how we have shifted along with the communities, not depending only on the food relief materials. Uh, with same amount, we are getting uh, the forest restored in Sivalik Chure region. And uh, out of uh, that restoration project, the local community, the dependent poor families are getting job and they are getting paid. So they don't have to depend entirely on the food relief materials waiting for uh, government or uh, other organizations to get in donations. Okay, so it sounds like this other forest nearby, they had seen your work with the protection forest or they knew about your work there and they were impressed by it. And then when there was an opportunity to help uh, revitalize their own forest, then they came to you for advice and, and for support. Is that how it happened? Yes, actually, Dhansadham protected forest is an isolated forest uh, around 10 kilometers down to east-west highway. And uh, there is a river, uh, Balwa River, which is also known as Murgia River. Uh, the wildlife from Chure use that river as a corridor to reach Dhansadham protection forest. So, and that Murgia River connects to a forest path uh, in Chure, that Bhati Ghari community forest, then Murgia Haryali community forest, and uh, other Murgia women uh, community forests. So, we wanted to connect Dhansadham with that forest so that the wildlife from Dhansadham can travel to Chure and the Chure wildlife can travel and come safely to Dhansadham protected forest. And that is why we, uh, during each and every survey, everywhere uh, I was, uh, we all were connected with the local community and they all are aware of uh, our conservation work at Dhansadham. So, they were expecting same level of protection for their forest as well. And uh, that is how, while we risked with the food relief materials, they requested us that you have, uh, you people have done this much for Dhamsadham, why not uh, for our forest as well? And uh, that is how they approached us. Okay. Well, that's a great compliment of the work that you're doing, that it's been recognized by 
by other local people and they want to do the same thing where they are. When, when I read about your, your work in the Nepali Times, it also mentioned something I found really interesting, which was the idea of how the community benefits, not only in terms of conservation of the forest, but socioeconomically in a much broader way than just nature. Can you say something about that, the, the broader impact on the community itself, the people? These poor people, uh, the forest dep dependent uh, communities were collecting firewood from the forest for whole day. And then they were selling to the market at the evening or next day, early morning. And that is how they were earning money. Male of those uh, uh, poor families were working as daily wager for timber mafias. We're cutting down the trees in the forest, transporting to the timber market. So they were also getting paid uh, the, as daily wager from the timber mafia. So while work, uh, surveying uh, of the forest and the opportunity to restore the forest, I was also thinking of uh, the alternative livelihoods uh, which needs to be created for uh, this group of people. So what we did was we formed uh, cultural groups inside community, like Jizya is the uh, dance form, indigenous dance form of uh, Methli women group. Then Jari Jari is indigenous dance form of Methli male group. Then Methli culture itself has a glorious uh, history. So, and all these were diminishing, are diminishing in Nepali region. India has done a lot to preserve their historical culture, the Methli and other cultures, but this part is lacking fully in Nepal. We formed uh, different uh, cultural groups and we trained them we, uh, with support of Department of Forest. We provided them all needed uh, instruments and uh, the dress. Uh, and uh, we are organizing Explore Mithila program as a cultural exchange program where uh, a group of tourists spend 24 hours inside the forest. And while staying inside the forest, all food served are prepared by local women and local communities. Then uh, the local people provide dress to the group. Then uh, the cultural groups uh, perform the cultural dance at evening. And uh, uh, we organize the bird washing program, then forest work, and all these activities are conducted by local communities. So uh, they get financial benefit as well from the same forest uh, uh, performing different activities. At the same time, with help of uh, different social enterprises, we uh, trained, uh, not trained actually, because uh, by birth, only uh, Methli women has uh, the, uh, they get training for their parents to uh, prepare uh, this basket and all uh, collecting grass uh, from the forest. And so we trained them to 
prepare materials according to market demand and uh, now they are preparing those materials then uh, the mud pots the mithila painting so we send uh, local uh, women and uh, girls uh, to kashmandu to get trained and come back to the home and prepare accordingly so that is how we are connecting all their their indigenous knowledge with the market right okay so if you look ahead 5 uh, years or 10 years from now are you also hoping to move to different forests that you can protect in a similar way or do you want to focus on these settlements around this one existing protection forest what are, what are your plans for the future keeping this dhamsadham protection forest as role model we want to shift to different forest and during working with the communities what we experienced was community based conservation method is the only sustainable conservation method in nepal and that is how community forest has its own successful history in nepal so we are moving with the community forests now and we are helping them to prepare master plan based on our experience and even if they don't have budget we are joining them to protect forest because for protection of this dhamsadham forest neither department of forest nor mithila wildlife trust we never had a budget for the conservation work then also the forest was able to get declared as illegal felling free and open grazing free forest that is at zero cost financially no budget at all and that is because of the local community and their initiation so we are trying to replicate same model to different community forest in province number 2 Wow, that's uh, very positive. Such a such an encouraging story that you've managed to do that uh, and expand, and all of it without a without a dedicated dedicated budget is really really fantastic and almost unbelievable that that you would be able to do that. Is there something else that you want to mention that I didn't ask? Even if uh, the forest uh, is uh, falling under a local government or under a community it is not only national it's international properties the recent covid-19 pandemic has proved all that that even a single patch of forest is having importance for the existence of human being but though we shifted to decentralized governing system in nepal forest con- conservation is nowhere in the pipeline of local government or provincial government so no conservation activities has been initiated moreover all the uh, infrastructure development uh, is focused inside forest after diminishing the well established forest especially in uh, chure range whenever we travel we can see the massive 
destruction and uh, the encroachment, the day-by-day uh, -day diminishing of the forest for all infrastructure development. So I think we also need to request uh, and we also need to make all uh, government bodies accountable for the conservation and restoration of the forest, which is lacking much in uh, Nepal, actually. Okay, yeah, it sounds like um, as much as you're able to do at your local level, you still need that support and it would be great to have some policy um, sort of as a backstop for the work that you're doing. So thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate the time that you took. So thanks again, Devnarayan. Thank you, Marty. I'm very happy that you provided the opportunity for our space for my voice. So thank you. Thanks again to Devnarayan Mandel for talking to me today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you like, follow, or favorite the show on your usual podcast player. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Pocket Casts. You can find Nepal Now on all of them and more. Stay in touch with us by following Nepal Now or Nepal Now Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can write to me directly at marty at martylogan.net. Inspiration for today's episode came from an article in a recent issue of Nepali Times newspaper. You can find a link in the episode notes. Saraya Logan works on social media for Nepal Now. I'm Marty Logan. I produced this episode, and I'll talk to you again soon.